Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, you know we've made it through the week when it's the Friday News Roundup. I'm with CityCast Francesca DeBecco and Mallory Falk, and we're talking about all the stories that have been on our minds all week. It's Friday, September 16th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Happy Friday. We've made it. Uh, This Friday, we've got newsletter editor Francesca DeBecco. Hello. Hi. And audio producer Mallory Falk. Hi. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. You too. Glad we made it. So Morgan, you've got your eye on a story in your part of town. Tell us about it. Yeah. So there's been this very sketchy area uh, down here on Fort Duquesne Boulevard. And it's it's I would say I've noticed it for the better part of, you know, six months to a year. And um, apparently it's considered an open air drug market. And uh, Pittsburgh officials, not me, are calling it the wall. Um, Hmm. (laughs) Sounds very city official PR. What a thing to call that. I'm not, that's not my phrasing. I don't know if what that's what the cool kids are calling it, but that's what the officials are calling it. It's this promenade ledge where groups of people, like a lot, a lot of people have been gathering for what looks like no apparent reason, Um, but it's a spot to sell, buy and use drugs. You know, I'm no narc, uh, but at any given time, there's like anywhere from like 15 to like 40 people over there. That is a lot of people. That's like a party. It's a lot. You would think it was a party. Every Sometimes I'll look over and I think that it's a group of people maybe walking over to a Pirates game. And then I realize there's no game. Um, so it's, <laughs> They're not wearing their Pirates gear. They're also not wearing the gear. Um, it's they very the obvious. Foam fingers. No foam fingers. Um, so, Morgan, I don't live downtown and I don't really go downtown as much as I used to. But paint us a picture. Like, what does the surrounding area look like? Yeah, and I would say it has changed a lot, even from when I was a kid. You know, the homelessness has has been a, an issue in this country, and you know, most likely will continue to be an issue. Um, but there have been a lot of people setting up camps, you know, and tents uh, along the river, along um, Fort Duquesne Boulevard, um, along that side of the Allegheny. And the concern is that that ledge, that area of the wall right above is an area for, you know, drug dealers to set up and essentially prey on these people who might be dealing with um, mental health issues and addiction issues. Mm, that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I know the city kind of came up with this term for this place, the wall, but are they actually planning to kind of do anything to address this? What? A couple of things. So as of this week, they've put up a fence. Um, You know, it's something, I guess, at least to deter it from that area. But, you know, we all know it just disperses and and probably goes somewhere else. It's been an issue that a lot of downtown has been dealing with, you know, since the pandemic. Are there any plans beyond just the fence, though? Well, Mayor Ed Ganey says that, you know, he wants to uh, take action as far as the people who are breaking the law. He said, 
quote, the ones that are doing wrong and that are breaking the law, we definitely want them arrested and taken off the street. Um, and Pittsburgh police have said that they have a plan in action, um, but they haven't said what that is. I, I want to imagine it's obviously more than the fence, but I have to imagine this is probably at least where it starts. Uh, but Ganey also said that he wants to help. Um, you know, I don't really like the phrase clean up, but mm -hmm. these are my own words, you know, get some sort of handle of what's on what's happening um, downtown because that area has caused, you know, just crime. Um, there have been a couple of situations that have gone down there, right? Yeah, like a year ago, uh, a young guy who was like leaving that area was chased and shot in an alleyway, like not far away. Um, and even... About a week ago, there was uh, a man camping down below who got shot and was injured. So, mm. yeah, it's been it's been for the people that are even um, you know living down there, both unhoused and housed. It has been a, a nuisance area. Well, I mean, so are there any plans to actually help the folks who are you know living in tents there to try to find housing for them? Yeah, so city council was working on passing a bill to address what they're calling, you know, the homelessness crisis in the city. Um, that legislation would build tiny homes and replace those encampments. Um, I think they were looking for about like 10 parcels uh, that would that would rehouse um, people who didn't have houses and uh, the rest would be affordable housing and a cooling center as well. So I'm sure all of that's going to take a lot of time. <laughs> But right now, what they have in place is the fence. So, you know, it's clearly addressing the space, but not any of the real underlying issues that have been going on downtown. Well, maybe we should turn towards something a little more hopeful, um, which Please. is a story that actually, Morgan, you mentioned briefly at the end of yesterday's episode. And I and I got interested and just started, you know, reading a lot more. Um, which is these uh, nursing home workers across Pennsylvania who led this coordinated strike and ended up getting, you know, better wages, benefits, and working conditions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My eyes have also been on this story. Tell us the latest. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things I think is really interesting about the story is that it, you know, was workers at different nursing homes, at different companies. Um, so almost 700 workers at more than a dozen facilities, some of them in Western PA, who all joined together to go on strike um, wow. starting Labor Day weekend, which was also a pretty, you know, symbolic uh, weekend to go them. on strike. That takes so much effort to coordinate all of that. I know it takes enough effort to coordinate a strike within your own union. And then across all of these the, these different nursing homes, um, that's incredible. So obviously this wasn't just one company, right? Right. So, you know, most of the nursing homes where workers went on strike were operated by two companies, Comprehensive Healthcare and Priority Healthcare. Um, and then staff at one facility run by Shenandoah Heights Healthcare also went on strike alongside them. Is there any reason that they went on strike now? Because, I mean, I know nursing homes were never the easiest places uh, to work and definitely not after COVID. But um, was there anything that like prompted it, prompted this strike? 
Yeah, so there's a little background that's helpful to know, and I want to shout out Spotlight PA, which did a really good overview on this. We'll drop a link in our show notes. Um, So COVID obviously hit nursing homes really hard, and they've been struggling with high staff turnover. And so over the summer, the Wolf administration came up with this plan to try to, you know, stop some of this turnover. They decided to direct like hundreds of millions of dollars to long-term care facilities. Um, And so those facilities are getting a bunch of federal stimulus money. Um, And then starting next year, their Medicaid reimbursement rates will go up. So they'll get about $35 more per resident per day at these facilities. And that's the first rate increase in almost a decade. The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. These facilities, they're they're getting more money, but do we know what it's going toward? Right. I mean, and that's connected to these strikes. So the stimulus money didn't come with any kind of requirements about how it should be spent. Um, and this bump in Medicaid reimbursement, like facilities are going to have to show that 70% of their costs are resident related, you know, instead of like going toward overhead or administration. But Resident-related, that's kind of vague. And so um, the workers who went on strike and the union representing them, which is SEIU Healthcare Pennsylvania, like say at those particular facilities, the money isn't going toward or there's no, you know, guarantee that it would go toward better wages and better working conditions. And they say, you know, that would improve the direct care that residents receive if the workers at the facilities have better conditions and aren't regularly leaving. Um, And so that brings us to now. Um, You know, the workers said they tried to negotiate with management and when they couldn't reach a deal, they went on strike. So the strikes lasted like roughly a week and uh in the end they got new contracts with higher wages and better insurance that's great but did they win anything else important yeah so one of the big wins was um they got these protections called successorship protections um and it means that if the facility they work in gets sold to someone else the new operator has to honor their contracts um at least for like a set period of time until they reach a new agreement and i think it's not that uncommon for nursing homes to get sold from operator to operator and so this was in a, a really important protection to have in place to ensure that whatever they win now um doesn't just get like completely undone if a new manager takes over. That's so great to hear. Kudos to them for organizing. I'm so glad to hear that they got a contract because we know, um, you know, we got to take care of our healthcare workers. They take care of us. 
And if there's anything Pennsylvania knows, it is, well, certainly this part of Pennsylvania. It is a, a good strike and some workers' rights. Heck yeah. I love it. So can I tell you guys about my favorite time of year, which is now? Is it spooky season? <laughs> yeah. So it's not just that end of summer and transition to fall weather, which I love so very much. Um, but the Carnegie Science Center just announced its latest addition to the Miniature Railroad. This is my favorite time of year. I love when they release this. Um, it's I do just, love tiny models. They're so Yes. Cool. There's just such grand Pittsburgh history in these tiny models. Um, one of my personal favorites was last year's edition, which was um, the mini Gus and Yaya's, you know, the famous yes. ice ball cart on the north side. Yes, which has been serving Pittsburghers since your dad was a lad, as the cart <laughs> sign says. But this year's edition is just in time for spooky season. What is it? <laughs> I love those little things. They're just so cute. Yes. Um, so this year is a replica of the Evans City Chapel and surrounding cemetery as seen in George Romero's 1968 zombie classic, Night of the Living Dead. Very cool. I love that. I'm actually surprised they haven't paid homage to Night of the Living Dead yet because I think you can make an argument that that's the most famous Pittsburgh movie. It You're, has a cult following, yeah. for sure. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, so the model was installed Monday, and it's available for the public to check out now. And closer to Halloween, the Science Center says that it's adding a special treat. So there's going to be a few zombie figurines hanging out around the tombstones. <laughs> so cool. I have, I've never seen it. I've never seen the, uh, the mini railroad. Oh, my gosh. But... You have not? I have them, but I do. I love them. We need to take a field trip. When did they install it? Because, yeah, I'm trying to remember if on like an elementary school field trip, I noticed this. Yeah, so I believe it's a must visit for all Pittsburghers. Um, mm -hmm. Even if you haven't been to the Science Center in a while, it's 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 worth a trip. Uh, the mini railroad and village itself originated in 1919, and they've Whoa. been building on it since. So it's a more than 100-year-old tradition. So, yeah, tell us a little bit more about this Night of the Living Dead model. Well, as you know, Romero is a big deal around here, and the team who created this model worked closely with the Evans City Historical Society to make sure that the details on the chapel and cemetery were as accurate as possible. And so they gave them like a timeline of important dates in the chapel's history. And according to the Post-Gazette, some pretty morbid facts about the place, like how the cellar was used to store bodies during the winter when the ground was too frozen to dig graves. So kind of fun stuff. Wow. <laughs> All right. Are any of you guys Romero fans? Have you watched the films? So I've watched the original. And then I also have seen, I believe it's, Dawn of the Dead, the one that was shot in Monroeville Mall. Right. Um, so that was really fun to, I mean, I wanted to see if I could recognize the shops, but then of course it was filmed like a touch before my time. So I don't know if like Cinnabon was around in that era. <laughs> they're hard to, they're hard to find. Uh, they're not on a lot of streaming services. So I always get into uh, this time of year and I, I love a good horror movie, but um they're hard to find, but I know Pittsburgh has a lot of showings locally. Oh, yeah. Tons of affection for Romero. 
Um, admittedly, I haven't seen his films. I feel like a bad Pittsburgher. I know I'm boring, uh, but my parents didn't really introduce me to horror growing up. Um, but anyways, I was, I was doing some reading and you know what I think is interesting. So Pittsburgh is often touted as like the most livable, one of the most livable cities. Um, but our state actually has the most movie deaths and it's all thanks to Romero's films. Uh, according to this list compiled by cable TV, uh, we've got a total of 615 kills in our movies. Wow. So how many of those are credited to Romero? Yeah, just between the Living Dead series, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead in Evan City and Monroeville, um, it contributed to 594 of those fictional corpses. So a big chunk. (laughs) Ew. Wait, why did I say chunk? I mean, I also just like love that there's truly a list for everything. Like I would never think anyone sat down and tabulated like what state has the most on-screen kills. And it (laughs) just fills me with glee that this list exists. So it's a great time of year to be a Pittsburgher. Go out and see the Railroad Edition this season. And heads up in my newsletter this week, I put together a list of the best places to get pumpkins around town. Um, It's never too early to do your pumpkin planning, by the way. (laughs) Um, And some of the Fall Fest kick off this week at Sorkle's Orchards in Wexford. Triple B Farms in Monongahela and Simmons Farms in McMurray. So we'll put that link in our show notes. Uh, Happy almost fall, everybody. Happy fall. Happy fall. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Our team this week includes Megan Harris, Mallory Falk, Francesca DeBecco, Meg Dalton, and me, Morgan Moody. Music, of course, is by Benji, who's on tour right now with Earth Gang. And we'll be back Monday with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. I did watch a documentary um, like a year or so ago, and it was about this woman who covered crime scenes, but she also made these really cool miniature designs, and they would be kind of, they were pretty Oh, the ones with like nuts? No. No. (laughs) 